Hello coaches, welcome to Daily Sports Science uh, Locker Room Podcast. We have Daniel St. Ledger back with us tonight and Mark Dorn is very welcome lads. Conclusion of the season at the weekend uh, saw Dublin win their 31st All-Ireland title against Kerry. Uh, the two boys have come on tonight to give us their views on how they felt the game. We'll look quickly back at some favourite moments throughout the year. Lads, very welcome. Thanks for coming on again. Thank you, Stephen, Daniel. Last one, last one of the season before the, the madness of the club season starts and we'll all be falling out and going mental over our club campaigns now that start in a few weeks. Mark, start with yourself. Uh, the game on Sunday did, probably didn't live up to the high expectations everyone felt, you know, from a standard point of view, but certainly I would have probably called it a, a defender's day with the weather conditions that we had and how slippy Crow Park is, as you know yourself, having played there and coached there, it, it is a pitch that can be greasy at the best of times, never mind when there's been a, a sort of a downpour of rain. How did you see the game uh, from 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 where you were sitting? Yeah, look, you probably you probably nailed it there, hit the nail in the head with it there. Look, I, I didn't actually, look, there was a lot of people thought it was going to be that really a shootout. I didn't actually think, I didn't think it would have been a shootout of thoughts. Now, I did think Kerry would win. I got it wrong. And even after tipping Dublin all year, just felt coming up. But I thought Dublin definitely tactically got it spot on. I thought Dublin like learned a lot, maybe from the Derry game. When you just when you look like, but I think Kerry go, or Dublin got Kerry got one kick pass in the first half in the David Clifford's pocket 13, the one under the Cusion stand, the one he loves. Because and that actually comes from a Dublin turnover. I thought Dublin were really smart. Every time they blocked that off. Even they like Dublin set up at the first, you say the first half, probably the first eight, Kerry, where they cut the 10 and 12. That you say that kicking channel, Kerry love to get the ball into that kick and were there. Dublin were just happy to drop off and they're like if you look, Connell Callan and boys, they didn't really press up into the 60, 60 or 65. They just and they let the boys drop in and basically Brian Hard. Seemed to just drop in as that plus one mm. in front of Clifford and then Owen Merchant and their half even Paul Mannion at times they were happy to drop into that targets 10 and 12. But there was even like at times Brian Hard, you probably couldn't see it in TV, but you're sitting in the stand. Brian Hard was so especially in the first half when Dublin had the ball, he was ultra keen to get to that target 13 where David Clifford loves receiving the ball and getting down that and they cut it off so wet. Like, they cut it off very, very well. And then saying that at half time, well, five minutes before the goal, you're saying Kerry's not really going well here. Dublin are probably playing the better football defensively. And like they were pulling men back. You've seen how Dublin like attains 15 men behind the ball. But and to be fair, when they did turn Kerry over, they did break a serious pace. But in saying that, the goal probably you were thinking kickstarted Kerry a wee bit and Dublin moving in a half time thinking after playing, playing, I wouldn't say so so well, but definitely frustrating them and playing all the football. To go yeah. on a point down, and to be fair, Kerry then came out to ten minutes in the second half, and you thought I actually thought just before the goal I thought Dublin had a wee bit flat, were flat like they did go flat because Kerry was starting to build and build. But then to be fair, look, and we always hear that common trend. You many you hear many times from coaches you can do all the tactics in the world and all the game plays in the world, but if you can't nail the basic skills. Doing the simple, simple things well. And look at, and to be fair, it was unfortunate for Gavin White because he was actually playing very well at that time, but just a loose pass. And all of a sudden, Dublin balls and then you just think, because it was as quiet as I hear Dublin, Crow Park, in a long time. I've been, I think that's the fourth or fifth alarm thing in a row. And it was so quiet for that 10 minute spell just after half time where Dublin were just finding it hard. And next thing, all of a sudden, ball in the net, 
and I thought it gave Dublin serious energy. Now, to be fair, Kerry went up and got the next three points, but I thought it did a, a, a serious energy for Kerry to come back from that. And I thought Dublin then gradually got the bench started making a difference. Our bench came in. The Jack sent a lot of people. Jack McAfee. I thought Jack McAfee was brilliant when he came in there. I just I, did I too, watched, Mark. I did I watched too, the yeah. game that night, and even reading the papers. And, I thought nobody really mentioned. I thought yeah. the first ball he got, he just went and the whole place yeah. lifted the kick pass into I think it was John Small where he got the, the left foot kick pass in, in front what, of the D. What, do you not think do you not think though that there was there was a strategic nature in holding him back with his explosive power and his pace, particularly late a, in a game when a team is tired, they didn't the same again Monaghan? Yes, without a doubt. And look to be fair, you know, Paulie Clifford had was really coming into the game strong at that time. He came in and then I know Paddy Clifford tracked him for one. I think maybe it was Burke and then they brought one of Spillane's on. But it was just when he went, he, like the first run he what or he didn't down scores, maybe it was a ball. But every time he got the ball, there was an excitement. But even the Dublin players seemed to get a buzz where you could see the Curie players were, they were like not say they're afraid, but they just didn't want him on the ball. But And then the, the ball he gave in to John Small, or Paddy Small, sorry, just a left foot pass right in front of the D over the bar. But you think, and Dublin, like we always talk the years, Dublin were really this third quarter team on this last two games. They've shown that fourth quarter press. And if they're going out score Kerry seven to two in the last ten minutes was massive when you look at it. But look, Dublin, we said about Dublin, there was probably lots of pressure on Dublin before yeah. the game there. Look, Pat Gilroy came back for one reason, Stephen Clutchman came back for one reason, Paul Manning came back for one reason, Jack McCaffrey came back, and it's look. And it's worked out for them. And maybe that real experience. I know Kerry won that iron last year, but you did feel in the last four or five minutes, Dublin had the experience over them. But mm -hmm. I thought, now, I did think Dublin were really smart, even the way where Brian Hard in the first half, the kick outs, like the kick, like people went to see it. But someone, Kerry did pray, like people says Kerry didn't pray. Like Kerry did pray for a while, but Cluxon was that good and the Dublin movement was that good. Like Brian Hard was getting himself free every time. And to be fair, like, Kerry, Dublin obviously identified, and it's not again Jack Barry, but obviously Brian Harvard's up again Jack Barry and went, Jack Barry's not going to score. So, Brian, when we don't have the ball, you're going to drop into that pog of 13 in front of, or us get in front of Clifford. And to be fair, and to be fair, I thought Dublin defensively in the first half done that really well. Now, in the second half, David Clifford probably had two or three chances he normally would score. And just, yeah. and if you look, if he had a score, then it might have been a different thing. But look, I think we thought Dublin were, I thought, were the, by, were the better team at the end of it. They were the better team. But people says it wasn't the blockbuster we're expecting. But I thought it was fascinating, even the tackling, the, like the off the ball, the stuff that was going on, the contact. It was just at, at times we talked, yes, Dublin to 15 behind the ball, carried 14. But for so much, it was just individual battles. Like there was so much, and even there was so much needle going on after the ball. And to be fair, look, it's not having a praise referees. And I thought David Goff contributed to that. He let he refereed it on the yeah. edge. The first he let it go. And I know and the McGinley and that were saying about James McCarthy. And look, there maybe is a point in another rep, but I thought David Goff made it into that sort of game. It was it was fascinating, it was good, it was in the age. And like there's nobody, like nobody left Pro Park going and that was a poor game, even though probably they were expecting a 23, yeah. 21, a shootout, but it wasn't, but it was actually yeah, fast. Yeah. And it just shows you. The two so-called best teams, like can, instead of a shootout, just went and played a real cagey game with each other. And look, to be fair, Dublin won it in the end. Yeah, yeah. Daniel, just going to yourself there, Mark. 
you know, touched on a lot of points, obviously, that you, you've probably seen yourself. Like, But Mark talked about that sort of rotational sweeper where you had Brian Harden at one stage. I noticed in the second half, sitting in the in the upper t- tier of the canal end, you could see that at one stage, Kieran Kilkenny was in there. There was other times Lee Gannon was sweeping. You know, there seemed to be a sort of a rotational basis of, of who was sweeping and who wasn't. But also as well, two questions for you. Um, you know, what's your thoughts on that from a player perspective? Was that, is that player led? Is that constructed? Is that worked on? And secondly, Mark talked on your on your own uh, sort of teaching colleague there, Stephen Clutchin, like on how impressive he was. I thought he was absolutely immense, Daniel. I thought his kickouts were brilliant, and obviously as well, Mark talked about the movement there. So the the two questions I have for you is. How much of the rotational sweeper has been coached, in your opinion, and how much of the kickouts have been coached, or is Cluxon just saying to the boys, "Move, and I'll find you"? Yeah, well, I, I go to the, I go to the, the, the rotational sweeper first. I, I think that has to be coached because if, if, if it's ad hoc, all of a sudden nobody has responsibility, and, and you could have very, very, like you could have the lines could be blurred very quickly as who's marking, who's stepping off. Uh, why aren't we squeezing that shot? And all of a sudden, that that, that becomes that, like that requires an awful lot of communication. I think you know. So I, I I wouldn't be surprised if maybe there was three or four designated people who would have been comfortable in that position. Uh, I know myself with our own club. We we probably just to make things really simple, we would have to have look you're sweeping nine times out of ten. You know, just just for role clarity. You know, and and so that that probably is. I say that's something that's been worked on fairly religiously, um, in training and and probably as Mark said since the Derry game. I, I think. I didn't expect it, but I think Dublin Dublin swallowed the ego a little bit and said we probably can't go for a shootout. And I, I thought that was uh, it was a big call because you know I think Kerry felt that they could they could out football Dublin and Dublin said well the the ghost of Jim McGuinness 2011 is still around and they yeah. went full counter attack mode you know and and so so to, to answer your first question rotation sweeper I think has to be worked on I don't think that can be done in an ad hoc nature um and secondly it's it's a fairly niche niche position as well because it's not just something it's not just a case of standing in a space it's kind of preempting the first ball or it's preempting where the run is going to be made rather than reacting to where the run is made you know so I I'd say that had to be worked on fairly religiously um. And the second one, look, I I know there's lots of talk. We kind of expected a Clifford and a Con kind of who shows up, who, that's who wins. Neither of them showed up, ironically. But from from my point of view, and I know I'm probably a small bit biased just because I know him fairly well. But the 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 the, the battle lines were drawn, I think, by Clux in the first half. Mm-hmm. The stepping up to hit the free, like yeah, I'd say he's hit a thousand frees since he's came back, just over and over again. And I know his two knees are in in pretty bad state, like. To, to, to be able to get enough practice to just stroke those two frees over on the biggest occasion was phenomenal. And then picking apart the, the Kerry press. Like, Kerry did press, Mark said they did press. And mm. they, they probably, I don't think they fully, I don't think they fully committed to it. I, I think they kind of were, they were a little bit watery in their press. I thought the back line, they had a four at the back of the press. I thought that was a bit disconnected from the intermediate line. I thought Brian Howard managed, he got 35% of all kickouts. I thought I thought he managed to find get himself in little pockets in between the two lines. And in fairness to Cluxon, a lot of that is just his striking of the ball is phenomenal. Yeah. And I know he gets he gets sick when, when lads give out with short kickouts because he was he he he'd be annoyed that these aren't easy. Like and <laughs> we play our six years versus uh, teachers <laughs> soccer match sometimes some years, and like the strike on him is phenomenal. Like he is 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 let's say his soccer ability is outrageous and, and you could see that he's putting it into little pockets that are really hard to really hard to defend 
and you could see the Kerry press getting more and more frustrated. It was like a little a little air balloon, and every time he got a kick out of the way when Kerry had a squeeze on, Kerry yeah. got more and more deflated. And to be honest, like going in six four at half time, I was thinking, Jesus, Dublin are going to be over the moon. They've dismantled the Kerry press. They've defended like dogs. They've they, they've played all the football. Clifford was relatively mm-hmm. quiet, and then when the goal went in, I was thinking. Christ, that could be game over for Dublin because that was such a mental, that yeah. was a mental, such a mental hit because they had done everything right and Clifford still managed to find that pass and, and they went in a point down. So look, I, I think the kick out laid the, the the kick out in the first half laid the groundwork for Kerry having no platform because the whole second half Kerry dropped off. So when Kerry needed to chase that game, they they couldn't because they were they were into this in the second half, they were into this dropping to the 45 but it was only taking Dublin two kick passes to get down the far side of the field. So they were neither dropping off nor pressing. And it looked like, it looked, it was, it looked quite shoddy a little bit, to be honest, from the second half from Kerry's press. And they were, they weren't able to get any energy or any kind of pressure on Dublin at all. So look, I suppose if you give Dublin a a kind of a sniff of a chance going into the last 10 minutes, they are the best conditioned team in, in the country by a country mile. And, you look at as as we alluded to already the subs are bringing in bring Jack McCaffrey. I mean, he had a direct hand and three scores, a, a couple of frees and 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 a ball in for Paddy Small, like seven two in the last fifteen minutes or whatever it was. I mean, that that kind of tells its own story. So, look, I I think the groundwork for for that win was laid in the first half by a phenomenal counter attack and display and a really really good kick out display from Cluxton. Yeah, and Mark, that was brilliant, Daniel. And Mark, from your own perspective, there too, like you know, from Kerry, like. Kerry, you talked about Kerry getting those footholds, you know, the three-point lead. Then Dublin clawed it back with a mistake. Then they got three again. They still dropped off a lot of kickouts, Mark. Like, was that maybe too cautious, that approach? Or, you know, was it because there were three up and they thought, look, have what we hold and, and we'll play the game now in our terms? Was there an element of that as well? Yeah, I would say, look, I would say Daniel hit maybe because of this, the, all the... They never won any kickouts, I think. Maybe I'm correct, maybe I'm wrong. Dublin won every single their own kickouts, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, 23 out of 23, yeah. Yep, so look, maybe there was part of that that went three up and they went, well, look, we're not going over to bet in case we get caught again. And the goal, now, I was actually surprised. I thought, when you think back to the Derry game, when Kerry weren't really trouble, when Kerry were in trouble, they went in a serious press. You know, and I, I didn't see any of that. I gained up that really aggressive press. Now, it was I said the press, not just the press, but as you say, it was a watery press. Like, again, Dublin, in the, or again, Derry, sorry, Kerry went in a real aggressive press. They didn't do yeah. that. Now, and maybe this is, I do think Dublin were physically, physically stronger than Kerry. Mm-hmm. You know, that Brian Fenton and um, them, I just thought, that, not saying that was maybe a reason it didn't go in the press. I don't know. But it definitely, there's, we'll never know the answer to that. Was Kerry thinking, right, we haven't really pressed the kick out that much aggressive, but we're still winning by three. And you know yourself, after the goal, to be fair to Kerry, you were waiting for that blue wave to come once Dublin got the game back to draw. And, you're, and to be fair to Kerry, I thought the first two or three minutes you could see, they were, they've were they obviously game scenarios to talk about this. We're going to kill the ball here. We're going to hold the ball, hold the ball and work our scores. And they're going to kick the next three points where you thought, yes, they've killed momentum. But Dublin did it their tails up. And I do think Jack McCaffrey coming on at the time did lift Dublin players again. And Dublin wrestled back momentum. And you know yourself, when you... Like it's when you lose that momentum, like at the start, Kerry after half time had all the momentum. Gavin White's loose pass, ball in the net. Before you thought Dublin had momentum, Kerry wrestled it back, and then Dublin wrestled it back again. It's very hard when you have momentum and lose it to get it back yeah. again. Like it just shows we talk about the fine margins. Like I was reading the book, I remember I was reading the book there, I was in holidays, 
and just about let me go about the Olympics and this man was talking about was actually a runner from USA, I forget his name, but he says like Olympic gold medals are won by a split second. And if you think even when Dublin were a point up right at the end, I forget who it was, should have slipped the ball, was blocked. Was it Michael Michael Burns made a brilliant block from somebody? The second ball, you'd have thought made a brilliant block. Kerry Man dived on it, and you thought Kerry's going to get a chance to go up the field here and get the equalizer. But Dublin just it was that second phase play where they got three men swarmed, turned the ball over, and they end up Dean Rock at the free. And that was yeah. it. Then it was over with. Maybe you're telling me fine, Mars. Michael Burns could have made the block. Another referee may give a free because sometimes ref they done it three men around will give a free out and he may have let Kerry but for the just that fine margin. But look, Dublin, Dublin to answer your question. Dublin, I thought, deserved to win, but look, Kerry probably wore a wee bit cautious. There was nowhere near that grass that had a game dairy. Yeah, yeah. I just think the connection there, just towards the end there, Mark, and what you're saying there, just the connection I think was was just going on us there a wee bit, but we heard we heard most of that. Um, just I, I would probably tend to agree with these lads that I thought because for me, Daniel, you know, Kerry were the original team who went after Clucks. And if you think back to, you know, in 2016, probably I think it was 2015. Sorry, I think it was the 2015 final. And you know, Kerry really decided we're going after him here now. And and then I think there was another game, Daniel, where Cluxton found Brian Hard. I don't really remember that one. And then McCaffrey took off and they got a goal in the break. And maybe there was an element of fear. Do you think there was a small element of fear that Kerry didn't want to go completely gung-ho? But she and Ryan did come out in the first half and, and try and block off that favourite channel. You know, the Cluxton that he likes to kick across his body to the right-hand side, obviously. And Ryan did block that channel off. Like, But was there an element, a small element of fear, do you think? Well, well there's two things there. I, I, I think Cluxton has lost about 10 or 15 yards from what he had, to be honest. I, I think yeah. definitely, definitely his, his knees have, have kind of caused him problems. And I think the back of Kerry's press was too far away. They were, he was never going to be able to get over that. And I thought there was a big gap between their two inter, their intermediate line and the back line of their press. So that was that was issue one. That So like Shane Ryan couldn't actually, he couldn't actually impact play. Like it, 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 they were too far back to really get, get after it. Um, the other thing then is... Um, like I, I, I think Cluxton psychologically has a thing with with Kerry and Kerry teams. Like I mean, he he seems to be a fascinating character for them because it is he's the one that they're always talking about. You ever talk to a Kerry person and you say you're from Dublin, they'll 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 talk about they'll talk about Cluxton. You know, I think he gets into their heads a small little bit, and they were definitely they were definitely spooked from that first half. I think they really were. And look, partially as you you mentioned 2016 that was that was one of the best presses i've ever seen of Cluxton yeah. ever yeah. And, and i think Kerry got two goals just before half time or two goals in a point or something like that but Cluxton came back out and had 100% after half time i mm. i think all those scar tissues if david o'hanlon is playing or if evan comfort both go keepers and run right i think Kerry show that no respect whatsoever and they go they really go after it i, I think Cluxton has a kind of an air of respect from from a lot of teams that kind of forced them into as we said, like a bit of a watery press. Like it, it, it's, I, I think it was just a massive turning point in the game overall because Kerry could never get that stranglehold of, as we said, when Joe McQuinnell gave the dodgy free against Derry when they got kick out, kick out, kick out. Kerry, Kerry could never get that on Dublin. They could never get that. And and just one other key point we mentioned, um, Jack McCaffrey's timing. He was due to come in just before, just before the goal was scored. So Jack McCaffrey coming in three points down and Jack McCaffrey coming in with with a level game is a very very different like that's that's a small margin because again it'll be kind of widely known up here Jack Mack's unbelievable attacking wing back but maybe a structural defender wouldn't be the best in the world so 
it's very different kind of Dublin chasing the game as opposed to allowing him to be on that front foot, you know. So it's mm. it looks very fine margins, but I, I I think I think Dublin Dublin just the last ten or fifteen minutes that experience the the, the Dennis McCarthy's the Fenton's the Kilkenny's the know how yeah. of those lads really really showed you know. Yeah, yeah, very good. And Mark, one thing I noticed about Dublin in particular, you know, they the talk about this bunch of break. Dublin were very good at bunching and breaking, particularly in the second half on kickouts. And Cluxon was obviously fine a lot of kickouts, but they actually retained the bunch and break centrally down the field. And that allowed then for the next pass mark to be a kick pass into the channel, which then allowed the third phase of that possession to be another kick pass, you know, and that was one thing that I really, really thought was a standout feature of Dublin in, in how they move the ball with a foot as well. Is, is, is that something that caught your eye? Yeah, it wasn't. To be fair, I actually thought for a time in the middle of the second half, I was actually saying Dublin's actually beating Curry, playing the Curry way when they have the ball, that double kick where Curry were struggling to get back and Dublin were able to break in the pace. But I do think that there's one Pat Gilroy, I think, like, has a massive influence over that Dublin team. Yeah. Just even as you think back when they first made the breakthrough, he was a, it was a bunch. But you even think the swarm tackle, like I, it was a it's been a long time as I've seen Dublin's tackling as aggressive in that swarm cluster yeah. tackle. And I've no, the last time it's been Pat Gilroy, but like there's no doubt Pat Gilroy has brought that to the table. Just with our dad, because that's the two things he had worked seriously on when he first came in was the the bunch and not and then it was also when they lost the ball that swarm tackle and turnover count and like it was the Dublin were really really good at it but you have to remember look Dublin obviously this was a game they were at this was their game because and you have to remember Kerry beat them last year by a point they got Stephen Luxon back they got Con didn't play in that game they did Jack McCaffrey Paul Mannion then boys came back obviously Pat Gilroy but like we mentioned already Paul Mannion I thought was brilliant you talk about clutch moments big players coming up with big scores, every time Dublin needed a score, it was Paul Mannion. Paul Mannion was the boy coming up with the big scores. Yeah. And like Con, he didn't score. Like Con, Con was third, didn't score. No, he hit the crossbar. But it was I thought Paul Mannion was superb for D- Dublin. Yeah, yeah. No, he was outstanding, outstanding. And maybe, maybe Daniel just finishing that with the top of Paul Mannion. Maybe there was an element of freshness about Paul Mannion in comparison to Shane Walsh. You know, Shane Walsh obviously during the year looked stale and tired and had a long year with Kilmacud. People forget that Mannion has probably missed Kil- the most of Kilmacud's last two campaigns, hasn't he? So he probably came in this year probably extra hungry. Yeah, definitely. Ho- hopefully he's stale and tired now for, for next Saturday <laughs> week for the Southern Championship. And, uh, for he'll, he'll, he'll still be drunk, he'll still be drunk isn't he? He'll still be drunk. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> um, no. There's definitely there's definitely a bit of truth in that, and I thought his comments afterwards were interesting. You know, he talked about like he couldn't stand by being fit and watch watch the, what the Dublin lads were going through. You know, there was a lot of interesting comments. Um, I think in the post match stuff, you know, and maybe he had a couple of points on board, so lads were a little bit looser. But I think definitely there's something in that. I thought I thought Manning got better and better as the year went on and kind of culminated in in the performance on Sunday. Um, but it's amazing though. Like what I will give to Dublin, right? And th- and this is th- this is kind of the biggest compliment I can give them. If you said at the start of the day that James McCarthy will be quite, it will be very quiet. Uh, if you said Con will be very quiet, Costello will be whipped off. Kilkenny was grand without being doing that, without doing that spectacular. Paddy Small wasn't yeah. too bad. Like if we said all of that to you, you'd be thinking, Jesus, no way are they going to be in this game. But it was a real, I thought it was a real victory for the collective from Dublin's point of view, you know. And yeah. it was um, but yeah, Mannion's overall performance. It's funny that what did he get four or five points, something like that? Clifford got something points. similar. 
Yeah, Clifford yeah. got something similar, but he had a few wides. And Mannion had a man of the match before, and Clifford didn't. You know, it's amazing the the narrative that that can surround it. But yeah. all, all being said, I, I thought Mannion was top class. To be fair to him. And Mark, I have to give it to you, boy. You've called this from early doors, boy. I think you called Dublin from early doors, didn't you? Dublin had changed my mind right before the final. I, doesn't count. I, only, doesn't count. I just remember that day. I know. I remember that night. Clare pit. I don't know. It was in the last league, but I just remember their warm up. And look, this is before. Now, I just remember. Cluxon wasn't back then, or yeah. and Paul Mannion wasn't back then. No, Paul Mannion mm-hmm. was back, but he was injured. He wasn't playing. But I just remember that night, just watching their on their bench. And I remember they brought on. I was it? They brought on. They brought Dean Rock. They brought Jack McCaffrey. They brought on Merchant. And who else? Niall Scully on again there with 15 minutes left. And I just you were actually six points up. Seven, seven up with oh, 15, 15. But I just remember Jack McCaffrey. It was just a relentless. And even like there was only 20, 20 odd thousand. But I remember the lift it gave the Dublin crowd. But even yeah. then, you see, that was one thing I was really impressed with Dublin that night was that bunch tackling again. I hadn't seen it since mm-hmm. Gil- in three or four years. That swarm tackling where the they nearly put you down a channel and there was three or four men just congested on you. But look, to be fair, the dubs. Ledge, no, I was go, just saying it's interesting. It was an interesting comment because I I think that there was a definite change in Dublin, I think, halfway through the year. Like, and I was just looking at something with we were talking about matchups and we we're talking about like Kerry nine times out of ten get the ball to Clifford in a scoring area and he will be the one to take the shot and I was looking at his first score Mark mentioned and Mick Fitch was left on his own and Lee Gannon was kind of defending looking out towards the 45 had an opportunity to double but you could see the second that the score went over Mick Fitch went over and he absolutely bollocked Lee Gannon out of it for not coming in for the double up and just marking space I think there was definitely a, a, a change in how I think Dublin went very kind of man-to-man-ish for the early part of the year and clearly wasn't suiting him but I think there was a definite sea change and whether that's Gilroy, Cluxton whoever it was definitely the 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 nature that swarm tackle has 100% came back into their game in, in for the last maybe two or three months definitely What about Desi's style of management? Is it a Dublin thing where you know there has to be an element of control and calm never ever Mark does he ever seem to be agitated or flustered you know and let's be honest even the likes of Kerry you see Jack Jack O'Connor getting flustered with linesmen referees you know everyone does it everyone does it at certain stages but there seems to be an element of real control about it is it just because of the quality he has around him the communication he has well, what is that because Jim Gavin obviously brought that level of control and maybe the players need that element of control yeah. Look, that's such an interesting point. I don't uh, to answer your question. I don't know, but you're you've actually made a good point. And even when Pat Gilroy was there, like I remember reading, was it one of the, I get I think it was Bernard Brogan's book when Peter, Peter Caffrey was there. The first thing I said was a wee bit erratic sometimes. And if you remember the Mayo, remember Mayo went and warmed up in the hill, yeah. and yeah. Peter came in and hit John Marsh and he had a big shoulder and all. Hit. It was like a bit of a carnival. And I, I do I remember reading Bernard Brogan's book a bit about it was that the came in was when Pat Gilroy came in, the bullshit stopped along the lane. It was composed, no more stand in front of the hill. Right, okay. White boots, no more tight haircuts, no more white but strapping. And I think he laid a load of the groundworks and then Jim Gavin brought it to another level. And maybe Desi Ford has seen, look, this all works. And Look, he, he is very calm in the lane, but I was actually look just listening to some of the Dublin players, and you'd hear stuff last year. Certain players weren't happy with Farrell and this year, but after the game on Sunday, you see how much the players actually like Desi Farrell. Just of course, of, of course, like yeah. Abuse, like, but we done it for Desi. The abuse he got his last couple of years, 
Uh, and I think James McCarthy actually summed it up right. He says, look, we're, his last two years, we're beaten two of that. We're beaten the Lions semi-final after extra time. We're beat by Kerry the next year by a point. We're not that far away, but the abuse that Desi Ford took was outrageous. And he, James McCarthy says he actually carried himself really, really well. And, and look, we owe this to Desi Ford. I'm delighted for him. And that, it just shows you how much Desi Farr liked the players because there was rumours you would have heard last year oh there's certain boys don't like him and he's not Jim Gavin he's just and then when you hear the players with refresh and Sunday back into the help but look that calmness along the line does help now there's only you're probably in that bracket too you've that calmness along the line so maybe you Desi Farr and Jim Gavin or something <laughs> all for what is I, it believe it or not I actually have like really jammed along the lane like Daniel will be able to tell you that but I see when you were describing the white boots the fancy haircuts and the white tape I just seen Ledger playing at centre half back <laughs> <when he's heard laughs> all do you know what I mean that's what I could see but Dorney I asked Ledger to go out and warm up on the same side as Dublin in 2017 and he gave it the big bravado on the chase and said I lead them out I'll fucking lead them out and so here he came out and seen them and then just turned the other way for fuck's sake like, <laughs> <laughs> I thought I said no, no sound bites tonight no <laughs> <laughs> here listen listen on a, on a, on a serious no Daniel you know, from a manager, from a manager's style, you know, you can talk about the style and, and, and that and, and how they conduct themselves. But it's interesting that they never go out, out, out of house. Like, it's interesting that every manager is always a, a dub, you know, and I don't think that's ever going to change, is it really? No, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Now, look, oh. in fairness, th th there's the amount of intellectual property in Dublin football is fairly significant. Like, and and you, yeah. <laughs> they might be in house, but I can guarantee you, there's a there's a generation below us from the country somewhere. So, look, just just because of just because of organisation, and all the rest of it, like they do have a phenomenal pick of people. Like, and you go around to Dublin clubs, even and the amount of the amount of in-house club managers, it would be fairly significant. And a lot of these guys go from under 14, 16, minors. They, they tend to follow the whole way up, but you can be sure, like, if there's a deficiency in a manager somewhere, they wouldn't be too long about surrounding them with the right people. You know, I think that's probably, that's probably what he's, what he's done. Like, because look, you know, history is written by the victors. And if Dublin lose on Sunday, I wonder, I wonder if the narrative is different, you know, but, um, but like bringing Gilroy in, I think it was, I don't know whether it was Desi's move or county board move or what it was, but it was probably a sign that all wasn't perfect. You know, um, yeah. as I said, I can't comment on the, the socially what the players think of him, but it was definitely a, a point in direction that something needed to be done. And yeah. I still think, I still think bringing Cluxton back while it was 100% the right decision, it still doesn't spread confidence in Evan Comfort, David O'Hanlon, any other young keeper in, 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 the, in the county. And look, that, as I said, that's why winning is so important. That doesn't become an issue. Whereas if they lose, all of a sudden, yeah. <laughs> you know, why are you doing this, yeah. you know? And look, it'll be interesting. The next couple of years will be interesting because I'd say you could lose, like I think Rock, McCarthy, I'd imagine Cluxton, like there, there could be four or five will drop off that panel. And all of a sudden, Dublin come back to the pack very quickly without those boys, you know? So, Again, yeah. it'll be interesting. Someone, does someone new take it up? Does Desi say I've got as much as I can get out of this group? I don't know. It'll be interesting. Yeah. No, I think I think hats off to Desi now because I think I I actually penned a piece this week for the Gaelic Life and I did say that, you know, after being relegated last year by Monaghan and losing the semi final, you know, to Kerry, there was there was a massive massive pressure on him, massive pressure, you know, and those high profile players walking away. Lads, listen, brilliant stuff. Look, we'll, we'll finish very quickly with a few a few sort of. Uh, favorite moments of the year for me. Um, I'm looking at three things. I'm looking at favorite player, favorite moment, and favorite game. Uh, Ledge, favorite favorite player this year. Favorite player. Um, do you know what? I'd I'd probably I I'd probably have to give it to Gareth McKinless. I thought I thought he was absolutely outrageous this year. I I, I yeah. think he's 
I think he's a really, really top quality footballer, and he's yeah. like that. That 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 first half, and then for a good bit of the second half till he got injured. That display against Kerry, I thought was, I thought was absolutely top class. Um, I know Mark uh, Mark mightn't like me giving him a bit of an ego here before the before the Derry Championship, but I I thought he I thought he was spectacular for the year. Yeah, yeah, and again, we're not talking about player of the year. We're just talking about our, our favorite player of the year. Um. Mark, I suppose mine, mine obviously was 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 the, the club your manager at Shane McGuigan. I've been singing Shane's praises from day one. But what about yourself? And what, what was who was your favourite player of the year, Mark? My favourite player of the year now, and to be fair, look, he actually made a mistake in the Iron final. I just, I, I'm just getting an up close look. I remember watching the McGrath Cup game, and then I remember watching him in the Monster final and just going, "How is that man so quick with a ball?" And it was Gavin White. I just. Yeah, I just, I just, he was my favorite player watching this year. Just it yeah. was just, and I, to be fair, like of all the players that happened, and I know even I remember we talked to Paddy about him a few times. And Paddy says, You want to see this I'm training? Like, I've never seen this man like just with a ball and he takes off. Mm. He just, and I remember that day in the monster final, Claire Boys after says, Jesus, Jam White just couldn't get near him when he took off. And he was my favorite player. Remember actually, Davy Burke actually, I think Davy Burke was talking about. Kerry on a podcast and he actually singled him out for he couldn't believe the the lane breaking ability of him and the and the pace of him, you know, from, from well, it was actually even deep. it was you say there was two men in front. The way he broke the lane well, but just the part is like you're talking we talked about ways for pace, but it was also the pace and power of the break a lane while ball. No, like as if it was just no problem telling. He was just yeah. it was you seeing them up yeah. close and you're going, Oh yeah. Ledge favorite moment of the year. Any standout moments? Um, yeah, it's it probably something from the club championship. I say I said the two Cliffords um, winning that junior or that the club championship with Fossa. I think that was a nice moment. Um, I know her mother passed away later on in the year, but I thought that was I thought that was really yeah. I, it was just a nice thing, and it was probably it was probably more linked to GA than than kind of maybe an All Ireland final in a way like that was that was pure Paris and. It was um, it was a wild sort of a game. It was an entertaining game for us, but I, I just thought you're, that you're ball, very much that you're very much an anti naughty man. You don't like the Northerners, so you'd be delighted to see Stewartstown beaten as well, wouldn't you? Like, oh, I, I didn't even know who they're playing the final, but okay, here, I must I must mention his speech afterwards as well. What did he say? I don't know who refereed it, but it was an awful decision to send me off. I was like, oh, Jesus, <laughs> that's great, that's great. That, that was that was pure. There was that's an amateurism about that whole day. That was class. You know, yeah. it was really enjoyable. Mark, favorite moment. That's a tough one. Favorite moment. That's. Yeah. Oh, I, I have to say now. I have to say mine. Mine was New York winning that Connacht game. I thought it was brilliant. I thought that was class. You know, um, New York beating Leitrim and Selig or in uh, Gaelic Park. The that was all the coaching you did over there, was it? What's that? That was all the coaching you went over there last year. Well, I, I was sort of. I was thinking. I took them about four or five years ago. So I was looking at the panel. Those boys are starting to come through now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 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 uh, I'll tell my favourite moment then it wasn't actually it was actually I'm just saying Derry played Monaghan in Celtic Park it was in the first qualifier remember after yes, Derry had yes. beat them by yeah. and I just remember before the game the atmosphere yeah. was electric I thought it was yeah. just brilliant and that was and even that whole game that Saturday yeah. night I said Celtic Park was packed that's right afters, yeah. and the atmosphere was unreal in it and to be yeah. fair, I would say that was my favourite moment. Of the whole. Is, there, is there something to be said then? Is there something to be said, boys, before uh, we go on to our last couple of questions? Is there something to be said for games being played at smaller venues, Ledge? Without a doubt. I actually think that was the best atmosphere I've been at this year. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool uh, Park, Daniel, gets very soulless, doesn't it? Quarter-final stages, doesn't it? 
that's horrendous and, and I know people say the diameters are the same and all the rest of it but a lot a lot of the time it doesn't lend itself to uh, to high intensity games you know you might get the yeah. odd one like Dublin like Dublin Kerry the weekend but you 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 pack out a town and what it does for a town economically as well yeah. is phenomenal like, you know yeah. I, I, I'd, I'd be much quicker going to, to going somewhere down the country for a big game than, than Croke Park sometimes I, you know? I, I've been I've been in Clonus Tony as you have many today when there's been no game on and those people would, must be fucking delighted to get games in Clonus you know yeah, I'm sure there's also fine atmosphere, but I just yeah. that day in Sally Park, I, mean, I think there was six teams that it was packed there, and there always Colin Collins was with me, and I remember at the time Colin just was the atmosphere. This before the game, this an hour before the game, the yeah. atmosphere, and to be fair, the Derry County Board, the music and all, I don't know what was on some yeah. tiddly day or tiddly, but it was just, mm. it was. I just remember that was my favorite. But even and then the game made the moment before the game, the atmosphere was brilliant. The whole game in itself was brilliant. I just think that was my favorite. It was my favorite moment of the year. But I doubt. Does that does that does that count then for the next question? Then for you, favorite game was that your favorite game? No, favorite game was definitely being Derry and Kerry. Very interesting, Ledge. No part that day. I'll I'll satisfy your Ulsterness here now, and I'll probably say Monaghan and Armagh penalty shootout. Like that was. Oh, not necessarily for, for, yeah, yeah I, I was class the drama was the drama was insane yeah, like you know yeah, it was, it was yeah. top end like poor all our masses stuck at all these the whole time yeah I thought looking back I thought the Ulster final was brilliant too you know uh, look the quality of the Ulster final at times was poor but a lot of mistakes but I think the drama you know the whole Gallagher cloud hanging over the final you had obviously then as well McGinley looking to win his first trophy in nine years going to penalty shootout McFall the hero you know and him coming back after having a few troubles himself so there was a lot there was an awful lot of subplots in that final like you know and and uh, I McGinley thought must be the luckiest manager in Ireland yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's a right core. But Tony, Tony, you know yourself. Like you listen to Aidan Falker, you listen to players. You know that that are really well respected within that group, and they all love him. He's created a really high, high, high performance environment, and I think he's doing really, really well with 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 the players he has at his disposal. And and look, Tony, to be honest with you, when you look at the last four this year, Kerry, Dublin, Monaghan. And and Derry, like Armagh's probably not a million miles behind Monaghan, you know, and, and Derry, they're probably just in that sort of top eight, top six bracket, you know. Yeah, you're going back like, to that fine margins, that fine, fine margins. It's and we talk about that half a second, you win an Olympic gold medal yeah. in a half a second. Where's that fine margin? Like, I was just in Armagh's right, like last year, beat by Galway on penalties. Yeah. This year, beat by Derry in an Ulster final on penalties. I mean, not doing the quarterfinals by. Well, well, I, I'm, 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 I'll, I'll give you an example. Like I, I'm, a, I'm a huge United fan, as you know, like a Man United fan. Alex Ferguson joined Man United in 1986, right? He had four years, no trophies, a lot of failures, close to relegation. The, the jury was out. They wanted him out. You know, the vultures were circling. Mark, Mark Robinson, a, a winner against Knott's Forest in the last couple of minutes. They won an FA Cup game. They, they ended up scrambling through an FA Cup final, went to a replay, dropped his keeper, won the replay, still didn't win a league for another two seasons. And Steve Bruce scored those two goals in the 94th and 97th minute that got them over the line against Chevy Wednesday. And the rest is history. The greatest manager ever. You know, and it just, it's those wee small little margins, you know, that it, that it takes. Like, But listen, lads, I'm going to leave it on that, right? I'm just going to put you on the spot here really quickly. Footballer of the year, Daniel. Don't do a flinto now and go on a few games tonight and stick it on Twitter. So tell us here now who your footballer of the year is. 
Well, I think first of all, can I just say stay it on the record? I think it's an awful lot of bollocksology because it's uh, an opinion it and all the rest it of is. it, right? It is. it is. But I, I actually, I Clifford Jess was fantastic and all the rest of it. I thought James McCarthy was really good. Maybe Very not, good. let's say, putting together, let's say, all the skills and all the talent and all the rest. But I think that man has a drive and a want in him that very few do. And like even last year when 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 Dublin were were in the shit, he stuck it out and he nearly brought him back into that Kerry game on his own like he's yeah. I, I think he was had a phenomenal year and I'd say it'll probably be his last but it was I thought he was outrageous yeah Mark I know people thought David Clifford I know he'd appear enough final but that's for we're saying he'd appear enough final he kicked three or four points but what he's done this year yeah even some of the points his kicks go it's just he's like I thought he's, he's a messy Ronaldo of Gaelic football and just I think he's just he's been fucked of the year again and I've no doubt if, like, I don't know if you get it, but that's who I vote would be with David Clifford. Yeah. It's it's a very subjective thing, I suppose, and it creates a lot of it just it's a lot of barstool talk. And you know, I'm sure if Clifford does win it, I'm sure he would swap it for for a Celtic cross, I'm sure you know. But listen, lads, who's your half, of the year? What's that? Who's yours? Well, I, I was trying to make a case for, for, for Shane McGuigan from the point of view being, and hear me out on this. I was trying to make a case for being that the influence that he's had. The quality of games that he's played, the volume of games that he's played, the intensity of the games in comparison to Leinster and Munster. And then on top of that, I seen Derry three times in the National League live this year and, and once in RD where there was no TV cameras on a tight field, on a heavy pitch against a blanket defence. And some of the scores he kicked were outrageous. But the, the problem you have, lads, is it's sort of, and you would know this, lads, yourself, football of the year is not based on 2023 January to July. It's based on the last three or four games. And it's an unfortunate yeah. thing because, in my opinion, it should be, you know, who's been the foreign players from the start of the year, who's carried that consistency throughout the year. It should be based over the course of a, of a longer season rather than who's been in all Ireland final and who's been the, you know, the sentiment photo of the standout candidate. He but, did, look, certainly, certainly he Clifford... He did finish top scorer. He's actually top scorer. He's 100%, finished, 100%. Finished top scorer this look, year. Look, I, I don't think we could, we could, we could, uh, we would disagree in saying that McCarthy and Daniel probably Cluxton as well has crept into that yeah. bracket now with his performances over the last few weeks you know and, well, if, and you, if you look if you look at it if you look at it rather than and but just look at it from influence point of view like yeah. I mean you'd talk about importance yeah. like I mean that, and that's a whole different bracket we could have it like the goal games we could have most skillful we could have fastest we could have most influential we could have them all sir give everyone a prize well, I was invited to a presentation even in one night in uh, in a club but I'll not say who and there was there was sixteen in the panel and I think there was fourteen awards handed out. It was unbelievable. <laughs> I felt sorry for the two I felt, last year. I felt sorry for the two wee boys that didn't get the awards. <laughs> lads, lads, on behalf of, of of Daily Sports Science and on behalf of obviously all the coaches that 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 are in the Daily Group, you know, w- would like to thank is absolutely invaluable, invaluable um, contributions from both of you. Um, you know, it's it's been brilliant and really really enjoyable. And hopefully, maybe later in the in the winter months. Um, we've we've all had successful club seasons, and we can we can chat in the latter stages of the of the provincial club campaigns. But listen, lads, thanks very much, and all the very best for your seasons, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks.